Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and my name is Anna. And you're listening to the Culips English podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Culips. This is Chatterbox, which is our series for intermediate and advanced English learners that features natural. Interesting conversations between native speakers. Today, I'm joined by my co-host Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Andrew, and hello, listeners. So, everyone, the topic for today is about personal finance. Yes, we're going to be talking about money, 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 and with a little bit of a focus on saving money, how we do it,、uh, maybe some of our tips. And I think most of you can agree that there is quite a lot of instability in the global economy these days, and with prices rising all the time—gas, housing, food—it's a really, really important topic to talk about. And during times like this, a lot of consumers tend to be more frugal than usual and save rather than spend. So in today's chat, Andrew and I are going to talk about what we do to save money, and as I said before, some tips about how we do that. Unfortunately, it is easier said than done, but <laughs> at least it's something that we can talk about, Anna. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to our chat, and I really hope that I could actually learn some tips from you. That would be excellent. But before we get started, everyone, I want to remind you about the study guide for this episode. So, everyone, in the study guide, we have. Detailed vocabulary definitions and examples of all of the useful and practical vocabulary that you'll hear Anna and I use in our conversation. There's a comprehension quiz and also prompts that you can use for speaking and writing practice. So you're really able to practice with all of the key skills that you want to develop in your English with our study guides. Now we recommend following along with the guide while you listen to this episode, and to get the study guide, you just need to sign up and become a Culips member, and you can find all of the details and sign up on our website, which is culips.com, C-U-L-I-P-S.com. Of course, becoming a member helps support the work that we do here at Culips, but it also gives you access to the learning materials and tools that we make to help you improve your English and get fluent faster. And at the start of each episode, as per usual, we always love to give a shout out to one of our listeners who has left us a review or a message. And recently, we received a great review on Apple Podcasts from one of our listeners from Germany named Rosa, and I'm going to read what. You said, Rosa. You said, "Thank you very much for all your great work and for your very useful and interesting content. I love your podcast very much. I always listen to your podcast while I'm cooking. Great time to listen to podcasts, by the way, Rosa. I do that as well.、Um, it has become a ritual for me, and I love all the topics you talk about. Thank you so much, Rosa. That's really, really lovely. And thank you as well for being a very loyal listener. We really appreciate it." I wonder what Rosa is cooking up right now as she's listening to <laughs> <Yes> . us. <laughs> Here, where I'm recording, Anna, it's almost 7 p.m. at night, so I haven't had dinner yet. I'm a little hungry and thinking about cooking. It's getting me、uh, in the mood for eating dinner. So 
Rosa, bon appetit, and thank you for that fantastic review. And really, for everybody who has been out there leaving us reviews and subscribing to Qlips on your favorite podcast apps or telling your friends who are learning English to check us out, we really do appreciate it. And it helps spread the word about Qlips so that other English learners from around the world can connect and learn with us. So please keep it up. With all of that said, Anna, let's get into this episode. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. As we mentioned at the start of the episode, you know, there's a lot of instability, it seems, these days in the global economy. Prices seem to be rising. Uh, we've talked about shrinkflation on QLIPS before as well. It just means that we have less buying power. Our money is not worth as much as it used to be. And I think in reaction to this, a lot of people do start to think twice before they purchase something. And a lot of people become interested in personal finance and how they can save their money, grow their money, invest their money, all of these things. So I guess, Anna, maybe I'll kick off the conversation by asking you just a general question. And that is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how interested are you in personal finance? Is it something that you're really concerned about and interested in? Or is it something that you don't really like to spend too much time thinking about? Okay, great question to start off with, actually. And I would say that I am somewhere in the middle, but closer towards 10 than 1. So definitely, I have to say that as I've got older, this has changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, I really didn't care as much about saving money or personal finance. Um, but as I've got older, I would say from perhaps my mid-20s, upwards, it's definitely something that I'm much more focused on. However, I'm not obsessive about it. So for example, I'll try and um, put that in context. Like I don't obsess about how much I spend. Like I don't know exactly how much I spend every single month, like all of my expenses, mm -hmm. but I really do like to have a handle on how much I'm saving. Mm. And I'm much more of a saver now than I was before. But I think that comes back to what you were saying about that kind of one thing that really depresses me is when you think about your savings that you have in the bank and like every year they're like less and less and less. So I'm really interested in ways that I can um, like invest or maybe do something with my money so that I can earn more money. I don't know. But I'm kind of at that phase right now where I want to be, I want to be smarter with my money. That's a better way of putting it. But I haven't always been like that. That's uh, a recent uh transformation but when I was younger I would get my paycheck or paycheck oh that's very American I would get my pay <laughs> uh -huh. I would spend it I would get my pay I would spend it you know so it was like it, there was no saving going on whatsoever right um I I wish I had been a bit more of a saver when I was younger I think people who who know to save early are much better off financially um in the future so I wish I had done that but I didn't so yeah what about you Wh where are you on the spectrum on the scale. Yeah, Anna, I would say that my experience is actually pretty similar to yours. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I don't want to say that I spent a lot of money. I just want to say that I had no money. <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. <laughs> 
It's not like I was against saving. It's just that I didn't really have any to save. Yeah. So, um, you know, in my 20s, I was a university student for the majority of the time. And I did have some part-time jobs while I was a university student. But all of that money was like coming in and then going out, you know, paying for rent and food mm. and some clothing and maybe hanging out and spending time with my friends and this kind of thing. And there just wasn't very much left over. So I would say almost for the whole decade in my 20s, I was living paycheck to paycheck, which is an expression that we use in North America to talk about that situation where you get some money and you spend that money and then you don't have any savings to live off of until you get your next paycheck from from your job. And yeah, I think this is a natural thing about getting older you start to become more mature, you graduate from university, you get your first full-time job, and you start making a little bit of money, and then it's easier to mm. save, right? But still, even in my 30s, in my early 30s, I had a student loan from attending university. So instead of saving, I was paying off my student loan for the first couple of years of my 30s, which is good because I was getting out of the debt that I had accumulated from being a university student, but it wasn't great for my savings account. So I think it was like I was financially healthy, but maybe not building savings so much. But once I finally got that out of the way, then I started becoming more interested yeah, in saving money. And yeah, now my wife and I my wife has always been a good saver, and I think really her healthy financial outlook has had a good influence on me. And also just now that we're together and married, we have financial goals that we want to accomplish in the future. So yeah, we are on a very strict budget right now. We have everything. We know where every penny is going. We have a spreadsheet. We map everything out. We have different accounts for our food budget, our rent, our clothing, our allowance. We give each other a little allowance each month and everything is very organized. Thanks to my wife. I got to give her credit <laughs> for where credit is due. It was not necessarily my idea. It was more under her influence, but it mm -hmm. it's night and day the way that I used to treat my finances when I was in my 20s compared to now in my 30s. It's totally different. And being an English teacher, it doesn't mean that I make a lot of money. Unfortunately, I wish <laughs> this industry offered high salaries. It doesn't. So it's not like I have a lot of money, but the money that I do have, I think I'm being quite smart with it these days. I have a little bad habit when I'm happy, I spend money. <laughs> so if I'm having a good day, I'm like, oh, perfect. Let's go to the shop. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's great. So I have to be careful when I'm happy because when I'm happy, I spend money. But I'm not a big shopper, um, to be honest. I don't, I don't like to shop a lot. But if I'm happy, I need to be really careful. But one thing I've tried doing recently is... I have a bit of a bad habit, as I said, for shopping when I'm happy and, and buying things that I don't really need. Everybody does that, I guess. But one thing I've been trying to do more recently is like, if I see something I like, I really like, I don't buy it straight away. So I'll be like, okay, I really like that, but I'm not going to buy it today. And then the following week, I'll, I'll leave it another week. I'll leave it another week. And if I'm still thinking about it after one month, 
then I'll buy it. Mm. But if I stop thinking about it or forget about it, then obviously I won't buy it. I'm trying not to just buy things, impulsive buys. And also I'm trying to treat myself a bit more. So for example, if I have a bad week of work where I don't feel I've been very productive, I kind of like punish myself and I'm like, no, you can't have those pair of shoes. You haven't worked hard enough this week, right? Oh, you're too harsh on yourself. Right, no, no, but I think it's good. And then if I have a really good week or um, uh, really productive, I do a lot of things, I'm like, okay, you can go and buy that, you know, that shirt or that nice over expensive cream or something like this. You can go and buy that because you've done well this week. So I try and give myself like treats. I know it kind of sounds like I'm treating myself like a dog, but it, honestly, it's like trying to motivate myself. No, it's incentives, right? Incentives are, are one of the best ways to motivate people. Absolutely. I have a pair of jeans that I want from Levi's mm -hmm. and I really want them, but they're expensive. So I'm like, okay, if I have a good quarter, mm -hmm. then I'll buy the jeans. <laughs> okay, but if I don't have a good quarter, I won't buy the jeans. So that's kind of keeping me going. It's like a carrot, we say, uh, dangling a carrot. Um, In front of a horse. Exactly. There is also, I wanted to mention as well, a really good book. If any of you are interested in personal finance or money mindset. I'm going to use a bit of a buzzword there. Mm -hmm. There's a really good book that I read, which is called The Abundance Code. It's a really good book. It's a very interesting book because it helps you think about money in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's written by a lady. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get the author's name here because obviously that's, that's very important. Julie Ann Cairns. And, um, uh, she wrote this book called The Abundance Code. And if you're interested in kind of changing your perspective around money, it's a really, really good book. And she kind of flips it on, on its head and how we kind of live our lives always thinking that money's a very scarce thing, but actually you need to think about money in an abundance mindset. Well, I mean, those are kind of some buzzwords, but I won't, I won't you know, kind of ruin it for you. But if you're interested in that type of thing, I'd recommend reading that book. It was, it was really good. I'd be interested to know, Andrew, because you, um, you have all these, um, uh, you know, you track your, your finances very carefully. Mm -hmm. um, but do you ever have any of these like impulse buys where you're like, oh, or, you know, where you're like, I really want to spend money. But um, do you know what I mean? Do you have any kind of bad days or I don't know? You know, I think I've really gotten it under control the last, well, definitely the last year. Because as I mentioned, I have an allowance right now. Like my wife, when I get paid, so I get my salary from my, my teaching job. That money goes directly to my wife. She takes it all. So my bank is at like zero. It's like all my salary, boom, to my wife where she will budget everything. And one thing that's interesting about living in Korea is it's very easy to set up multiple bank accounts. This has changed a little bit now, but compared to back home in Canada, where it's a little bit of a pain in the neck to make bank accounts and to transfer money from one account to mm -hmm. another account, that doesn't really exist in Korea. So it's very easy to make like several different accounts and to transfer money to those accounts, which makes just allotting everything really simple. So I sent her my salary and right now we are really trying to save. So I have a monthly budget that is Oh, I, I don't know if I should say the exact number, but it's around a little less than 200 American dollars per month. So that is my personal spending money. But the thing is, I don't want to spend all of that money <laughs> because mm. then it's, it's difficult. So out of that money, out of my personal spending money, I actually save 
about 25% of that. And a purchase that I've wanted to buy for a long time is a new espresso machine. I have a coffee machine in my house, but I don't have an espresso machine anymore. I did have one that my friend gave me, but it has kicked the bucket and I had to throw it out. It stopped working. So I've wanted to buy an espresso machine for a long time and I'm saving up to buy one. Now, I know this kind of sounds silly as a 37-year-old man. It's like, if you want a coffee machine, just go out and buy a coffee machine, right? But under this new financial system that we're doing, I've been saving, you know, like about $50 a month. And the espresso machine that I want to buy is $1,200. I've saved up about $600 so far. And I think this is great because I know that this is something that I actually want to buy because I've been doing it month after month after month. Just put my $50 in. And once I get to $1,200, then I'll see (laughs) if it's something that I, you know, (laughs) if I actually want to buy it or not. But Yeah, being like really, really strict like this has kind of made it so that I don't buy any impulse things. Or pointless things. Yeah, sometimes I'll like, I'll buy a hamburger or something, you know, like I'll treat myself to like a meal. (laughs) Push the boat out. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and those are like my impulse things. I just don't really have that much spending money because of this small allowance, like that's my money for buying clothes. That's my money for buying any like personal things. If I go out with my friends for dinner or something, um, that's where I'm drawing my money from. So I have to be really careful with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's great. I kind of like living under that tight restriction, knowing, you know, I I say this, maybe some listeners from different countries around the world are saying, Andrew, $200 is a ton of money. But yeah, but here Mm -hmm. in Korea, where things are expensive, it's not really that much money. There's not much you can do with it. So yes, I live Mm -hmm. very humbly these days and trying to save more than spend. Yeah, and I think there's something very satisfying about saving money. And I think once you get into the habit of it, it's very satisfying to see it increasing a little bit. Every time you look in in your account, you know, you can see the number going up and you think, okay, that makes me that makes me feel feel better. And I think once you start saving, it becomes like a bit of an addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, And also once you start building up a a little bit of of money or whatever, it's like it hurts to like use it. It's like, it's like, I really don't want to see those numbers go down, you know, and you kind of think about it and you go over it in your head about whether do I really need to spend this money or not? The reason why I started saving um, more deliberately a few years ago is because we have an expression in English, which is save for a rainy day, mm-hmm. which is basically like you never know what's going to happen. Um, life happens. And sometimes you have to spend money. I, I don't know. Maybe you have to move back home or. And I think this was more important for me because I live in another country that I thought I need to have a bit of a cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, we say cushion in English to mean like a, um, a financial buffer. Kind of like a safety net almost, right? If you get into a problem, then you have some money to make it through the problem without running into bigger problems. And that gives me a bit of peace of mind about what I'm doing, just knowing that I have a little bit of money that I just keep safe, locked away. I don't touch it. I don't I don't uh, use that money ever. And I just know that if I have a really urgent problem or something that happens, then I can use that money. But 
as you've mentioned, you touched on it very briefly there. Some people, for some people, it's just not possible to do that. Maybe they don't have the means to save at that time. And I've been in that position as well, where I haven't had the money to save something. So, I mean, it's almost like a luxury to be able to save money as well. And I think it's important to say that is that not everybody's in the position. 100%, 100%. Yeah, not everybody's in the position to be able um, to do that. And I wish everyone had that kind of peace of mind as well, because it does make you feel more, a little bit more relaxed about things. But equally, some people like have the perspective of why save? Like just spend all the money that you have. You know, some people are, are very open about it. They're like, yeah, no, I, I just spend all the money that I have. I, I go and do things. I use that money to live in the moment and do whatever. So some people have a very, very different outlook on saving. I think most people would probably think that saving was a good thing, but some people are really on the opposite hand. They're like, no, I'm just going to spend the money that I have. Save save for what? Or even spend money that they don't have as well. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. I've always been worried about having a credit card because I worry, I've, I don't know if I fully trust myself to have a credit card. So I've never had a credit card. Oh, interesting. Um, I've always, yeah, never had a credit card. Um, I've just never delved into that zone, um, even though it would be probably great for me to get a credit score and whatever, but I've never had a credit card because I, honestly, I don't trust myself with it. Mm. Um, and I think people need more education about personal finances when they're younger. Like when you're like, I don't know, in your teenage years, um, to know about this kind of thing with credit cards. Because I know some people that have gotten some really difficult situations with credit cards, spending money, uh, you know, to do things or whatever. And, and I understand why people use them. I'm not criticizing people that do. Mm. But I know people that have gotten into some really stressful situations with credit cards. And I think that people need to be educated a bit more about personal finance when they're younger. I would have loved to have had a bit more education about that, saving money, why it's good to save money. If you don't save money, this is what might happen. Or if you get a lot of credit cards, you could be in this situation in the future. This is how credit cards work. It's not actually your money. <laughs> right. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you have to pay it back. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be a bit more of that around personal finances and, and education around that. Definitely. I absolutely agree with you. When I was a high school student, I took accounting classes. So I learned about mm. you know how to do bookkeeping for small businesses, but we never had any personal finance classes. We didn't learn about mm -hmm. investing. We didn't learn about credit. We didn't learn about student loans and mortgages and different savings strategies. I think that's really important to have you know, a society that's financially literate can't be a bad thing, can't be a bad thing. So I don't know why Canadian schools don't offer that. It would be interesting to hear from our listeners and to see if their countries do offer a kind mm -hmm. of personal finance class in high school for students. I'm sure that there are some countries around the world <laughs> that do. Unfortunately, Canada isn't one of them. And it sounds like the UK isn't one either. No, I, I've never had anything like that. Um, and also, I would say as well, obviously, in my position, I'm one person, okay? So mm -hmm. I know that this is a very different situation when we're talking about people that have families or, um, you know, it's it's a 
you know, credit cards can be really useful as well because, you know, you need to put expenses or things that you want to do. And so it's not all bad, but obviously I'm looking at it from a perspective of one person. I'm only responsible for myself. So really, I know that the, the situation is different if you've got four children that you have yeah. to pay for. And, you know, it's like a different a different conversation. But I like saving. I think saving is important, but I'm not obsessive about it. Maybe I should be. Maybe I need to take a bit of a leaf. <laughs> out of uh, you and your wife's book and try and, and and just not spend too much in things like supermarkets. I feel like I spend too much money in supermarkets. I'm terrible because I go when I'm hungry. I always make that mistake. <laughs> I go when I'm hungry. I spend a lot of money. And, you know, I'm just, I don't look at the receipt and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's just supermarkets, food. I have to buy food. But those little things add up. Those little things add up. Yeah, that, I think that, it's probably an area that we could reduce our spending in as well is our food mm -hmm. budget because my wife and I both work a lot and at the end of the day, you're hungry and there are so many restaurants just within walking distance and food delivery in Korea is so easy and you can just open your app and they'll deliver it right to your door and sometimes if you're tired and hungry at the end of the day, it's really easy to do that. So maybe we could be more disciplined in that regard. But Anna, before we wrap up, because I know we're getting a little long here, but I do want to share some tips because we did say that we we're going to give some yes. tips. So uh, I wrote down how many? I have five tips that I wrote down here on a little post-it. And maybe I'll share one of them because I think it's funny because we already talked about this at the start of the episode. And my tip is get older. <laughs> because <laughs> that has been the best thing for me for saving money is aging. I don't care so much about looking cool and having like the, the coolest fashion. So I don't need to stress out about buying fashionable clothes and spending money on fashionable clothes. I'm also busier now that I'm older. I can't see my friends three or four times a week like I could when I was younger and I'd spend money every time I went out with my friends. Um, so that that's actually one of the tips that I wrote down is just like age, get older. It has helped me save money. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, age, yeah, get older. That's a good one, yeah. that's a good one. Um, I've, I'll just I'll just do five quick ones. Um, uh, so don't buy things straight away if you want them, leave it a bit of time. Right. I would also say keep one account with money in that you don't touch. Mm -hmm. So one account where there's no transactions, you just put money in it mm -hmm. and that helps save because you don't have to kind of mix it up with other money. Mm -hmm. um, give yourself treats, I think is a good way to manage like your spending. So if you do something well, like a, when in my case, give yourself treats. Um, and also this is a good one. Um, spend your money. If you're thinking about what, how to spend your money, I've always, I always think about it like this. Spend your money on experiences rather than things. Mm. So if you're thinking about how can I spend money, um, I always prefer to spend money doing things rather than getting things. Um, and that's always how I prioritize my spending. And also, if you want to learn a bit more about um, personal finance or the way you think about money, I definitely recommend reading that book, The Abundance Code. It changed the way that I thought about money and personal finance. So those are my mini tips. Don't know if they're useful, but that's what works for me. <laughs> I like it. I mean, all of these tips, everybody's financial situation is so different from person to person to person. It's impossible to say like, you should do this because of course we all have different backgrounds and of course everybody is different, but it's always interesting to hear other people's perspectives. And there is a little bit of a taboo 
in Western culture around talking about money and talking about finance. Mm. And yeah. sometimes uh, it's something that people are not too open about. So it is fascinating to have conversations like this. I'll share my tips that I wrote down on my post-it note here. Uh, of course, getting older, that was my kind of joke. Um, the next tip <laughs> is buy in bulk, buy in bulk. Mm -hmm. So for example, I always have my eyes open for a good sale. I was at the supermarket today and it's kind of a new trend. I don't know if this is a worldwide trend. I kind of feel like it's a worldwide trend. I'll have to do more research into it. I don't know in Spain, maybe you could chip in with your perspective in Spain, but here in Korea, suddenly there's a lot of non-alcoholic beer that's for sale. And I have a, oh. I have a feeling like mm -hmm. non-alcoholic drinks are becoming kind of trendy and popular. Very trendy. Yeah. Yeah. Very trendy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this is also ties into getting older. I like beer, but I don't want to drink a lot of alcohol as I get older. So non-alcoholic beer is like the perfect fit for me. And it's kind of expensive. Like one can here in Korea of the type that I like is around $3.80 American, $3.80. Wow. So it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But today, just this morning, when I was in the supermarket, there was a sale and it was 90 cents a can. So it's much, Ooh. much cheaper. And so my wife and I saw this and we're like, let's buy a ton. So <laughs> we bought like as much as we could load into our little shopping basket that we had brought with us because it was just such a huge discount. So um, taking advantage of those opportunities when you see something. Another example is... I saw there was a fantastic sale, like 80% off sale on iron-free dress shirts. And I hate ironing. I hate wrinkles. I hate anything to do with having to get wrinkles out of clothing. So I always try and wear iron-free dress shirts. And when I saw that they were on sale, I bought like 10 or 15 of them. I bought a bunch because they're in bulk. And I knew that I'm going to wear these um, all the time for going to work, any kind of professional situation where I need to wear a dress shirt. It was a fantastic sale. So I bought them like two years ago. And just this week, I opened one, you know, it's still in its packaging. I opened it up and put it on. So I needed, I needed a shirt to wear. So I think when there are opportunities like that, you should jump on them, buy in bulk, and you can save. <laughs> so that's my one tip. My other tip, is have inexpensive hobbies. So I'm very lucky that the things that I love to do, like playing chess, running, these are really inexpensive hobbies. I don't have to spend, you know, for playing chess, it's like I do have a chess.com membership, but it's a very small monthly fee. And uh, running is free except for shoes, but I buy a new pair of running shoes like once a year or so. So yeah, inexpensive hobbies. If you can find something that you enjoy that's rather cheap to do, you can spend your time, have a high quality of life and also save money. Mm, that's a good one. I like that one. That's good. 
I think with the um, just to make a note about the discount one and, and, mm. and finding things on discount, I'm terrible at that because I'm like, no, I'll just buy it now. I don't. I'm not going to wait until there's a discount. I'm like, I want it now. <laughs> um, and my partner's like, no, 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 wait until there's a deal. Like, don't mm. buy it. Like, don't be stupid. Like, wait until there's a deal because there's going to be a deal in like one month or two months. And I'm like, but I want it now. <laughs> um, so I'm terrible. I don't buy things on deals. Um, but I'm I'm learning to do that a little bit more. I'm learning to be a bit more smart about that as well. So that's um um their influence rubbing off on me. <laughs> Patience is a virtue for sure. And my final tip, my final tip is, again, this is one that was only recently available to me for, you know, most of my life, I just never had enough money to do this. So yeah, it might not be applicable for everybody's situation, but is to buy one thing that is higher quality, rather than to buy several things that are lower quality. So although you have to pay more money up front, if that is something that you're going to wear or use for a long time and you know that um, just buying one you know you have to pay more money for it up front but it's high quality it's going to last a long time it's at the end of the day actually cheaper than having to replace it several times so if you can afford to buy something that's higher quality that has helped me a little bit Ooh, good tips. Okay, I like your tips more than mine, actually, Andrew. You're obviously much better at this than I am. I think everyone should listen to Andrew's tips a little bit more than mine. But uh. You had good tips as well. <laughs> well, I think we should wrap it up here. Here. So I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. We hope that you found this episode to be interesting and also useful for your English language growth, because that's why we're all here at the end of the day. And of course, you've heard what Anna and I have had to say about our experiences saving money and about how we manage our personal finances. But we'd love to hear what you do and what your tips for saving money are. So if you would like to leave us a comment or get in touch, we would love to hear from you. And the best place to do that is through our website, tulips.com. You can leave a comment on the episode page or you could also navigate to our discussion forum and drop us a line there. Yes, and we will be back soon with another episode. So stay tuned and we'll talk to you all again then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.